morning, Journey. Good to see you all. My name's Chris. Really glad that we get to be together this morning. Uh, I hope and uh, I've been praying that God is already actually revealing to all of us just how loved we are. Uh, I think you would be able to see that even just in the songs we've been singing, the stories that people have been sharing with us. And I pray that that would just continue to be true this morning, that as we gather together and fill this space together, that we would uh, just come alive to the reality that God's love is constantly in pursuit of us. And so uh, maybe we'll continue to make much of that as well, because today what we're doing is we're continuing our series that we're calling Growing, in which we're paying special attention to what Paul calls the fruit of the Spirit. He writes about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And, and something pivotal to the fruit of the Spirit is that Paul is telling us that it is the Holy Spirit indwelling us that in fact produces this fruit. The love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control growing in us is in line with the character of God. It's seen in the person of Jesus and it's produced by the power of the Spirit. It's not just something that we go, whoa, we will ourselves to do. It's something that the Spirit is in fact producing and growing in us. And so in preparation for unpacking our topic today, goodness, the word goodness is kind of boring and I'll try and give it a little life here in a minute. But before we do that, uh, I want to read to you all a prayer that, that Paul writes to the church in Ephesus that, that has many of the themes that will uh, help us attach to what it means to grow in goodness. And so then I'll read, invite the Holy Spirit to teach us, and we'll do our thing. Good? I know. I, I don't know why I do that every time. You know, I say, yeah, it's good. You know, you're like... I got you, you know, we're going to do it anyway, and I think that that's probably where the, like, non-participation comes from, um, but, but you are welcome to participate at any point along the way. Uh, however, I guess I've got the mic, so we'll decide that. Okay, Ephesians 3, a really beautiful, powerful prayer from the Apostle Paul, beginning in verse 14. Uh, I'm going to read it, and then I'll pray, so it's almost like we'll just continue the prayer, so if you will, posture your heart in such a way as that. Here's what he writes. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. God, we just thank you again for the gift and the opportunity to come together as your family in this place today. We know you are already here and you're already present. And so we welcome you. We welcome you and we invite you to communicate with us, to speak into our lives, to remind us of your love for us, God. 
I pray that if there's anything we walked in here with that might keep us from receiving your love for us, that, that we would just humbly set that before you. And if we can't do that, God, just as we already sang about, would you kick the wall down? And would you make space for us to meet with you? God, I pray that you'd give me your words to speak this morning, that I wouldn't say anything that's not for you or from you, so that we might honor you, make much of you, and celebrate you. God, we humbly give you this time. We love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. All week long, I've been thinking about the, the challenge of unpacking this word goodness because the word, every time I looked at it, just seemed so bland. It was like good, good, right? It's like it was almost the same as last week where it was kindness. And it's like, what do you say? Be good, do good. It's all good, right? Like, and then we all go home, we're like, got it. You know, like there's something missing in all of this word. And so in my attempt to align my own self with the term of goodness and try and grasp at what God really intends goodness to be, I set out to the park and I wrote a poem. It's a true story. So I'm gonna share that poem with you as a, an act of vulnerability. And uh, I would appreciate if you did not boo at the end of my poem. Uh, if you do not like it, just ignore it, okay? But perhaps this poem that I wrote will help all of us enter the path of discovering goodness as God intends it and as Paul writes about it as a fruit of the Spirit. Here's my poem. It's called, It is Good We Are Here. Goodness is when God flipped on the light switch or let the heavenly faucet run with the kind of goodness to shut it off and let some ground harden under the good heat of the sun. Goodness is a sprouting morning glory shouting, good morning, or an aspen quaking, but really frantically waving as goodness does, hello, it is good we are here. The roots grow deeper, remember, it is good we are here. Goodness is seven sister stars winking in the dark or the cactus wren tasting fruit from appraising saguaro, its raised arm way of announcing, it is good we are here. Not convinced? Ask the scurrying conglomerate of man's best friend at the park tomorrow and you'll get a rousing chorus of goodness, it is good we are here. But who is we? We is the goodness hovering over the good creation, or we is found in the face of your newborn nephew. For we is the image of three, but one stamped into the being of every good human being, unity in diversity. Then we slows down, the goodest of God pauses, looks, and breathes on us. It is good we are here. Thank you, I know, I, I tricked you into clapping, I get that, <laughs> downplayed it, so then anything, yeah, okay, thank you though, appreciate it. So, good, so goodness, right, is an interesting word, and, and I, I found so much connection to it as I pondered the, the creation story in Genesis 1, because God just kept saying again and again, everything that he was doing was good, it was good, it was good, and then there was us, and it was very good. And so I, I let that grow in me, I guess, if you will. And then I started to pay attention to the way that Paul uses it in Galatians to describe the, the fruit of the Spirit. 
And when he uses that word goodness, he, he seems to mean it with a bend towards this idea of being upright in heart and life, right? And so sometimes this word goodness, when we just look at it flattened on a page, it can be pretty passive, almost like it's a characteristic for us to process. But Paul seems to mean that it's something more than that. Like at the core of Holy Spirit produced goodness is an active concept, goodness on the move, if you will. Goodness, this kind that Paul's talking about, promotes the heart and life of God. For none is good but God alone. And so with that in view, I want us to read through Ephesians three fourteen through 21 another time. And as we go, pay attention to the way that Paul talks about the heart and life and love of Christ. Because this is a love, in fact, that must inform goodness produced by the Spirit. You'll see the same language that we're talking about. Things growing, things being rooted, the love of God being expansive. So watch how all of those themes come together. And I believe what we'll find is we'll find a Spirit-produced goodness rooted in the love of Christ. And it'll be so active this goodness, that it will be wider and longer and higher and deeper than we can even understand. So here's how Paul begins this prayer again. He says, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. As Paul is praying, he's teaching us to go back to the beginning, right? To begin again at the foundation of all things that God has talked about this goodness from the outset and it's woven through all of creation. And as he reminds us of that, he's reminding us that it is in fact God's spirit who will empower us, right? In view of the fruit of the spirit, this is why Paul says it is spirit produced and it's not something we can simply will ourselves to do. We can't will ourselves to goodness or else it's just human goodness. It is not spirit produced, right? It's like that same idea, you know, it's just like flexing, oh, I wanna be good. You know, it never works like that. You have to rely and live out of the power of the spirit producing that within you. And so Paul goes on like this and it's almost like we join the prayer again he says, so now that you know that it's the, the spirit that will empower you and indwell you, he says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong, right? Only something can bear fruit when it is rooted and the type of fruit that we're talking about, the fruit of the Holy Spirit that God produces is rooted very much in the love of God. That is the only way in which it will grow. And so then he says, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, right? One moment he says that you may have the power to understand, and then the next moment he says, yeah, but it's too great to understand fully. What an interesting juxtaposition he gives us. And then he finishes this thought by saying that you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. 
Again, you just cannot ignore what Paul is pointing us to, that we must be rooted in God. He's aligning the three persons of the Trinity, right? He's saying the spirit within us empowers us. And then he says God's love is wide and long and high and deep, and you will experience that love through Jesus Christ. That's where it will be felt. And then he finishes the prayer. And he says, now all glory to God, right? What is the purpose of all of this growing and rootedness and experience of love? It's this, now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think, which is a lot more, just so you know. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Right, like this here, what, what Paul is capturing in these like seven verses is the fullness of the gospel. This is the good news, the picture of a self-giving, radically forgiving, co-suffering love found in Jesus. And this tells us a few things about the goodness of God. The goodness of God that the spirit longs for us to receive so he can produce it in us in turn. We must receive these things that God gives us so that then they can be planted and begin to grow rooted in the love of God. So what is it then that we see about the goodness of God in this prayer? We see that God is always in pursuit of us. He's always after us, no matter how wide, long, high, or deep he must go. We've read a lot about, or sung a lot about that already today. Right, even just this kind of love of God, that it keeps coming after us. And yet, we can only perceive that kind of love through the Holy Spirit. It's beyond knowledge. Paul is trying to communicate that you can't simply just know or understand this love. You have to essentially experience it in the, in the spirit of your being through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's more than just a knowing. It's like the fullness of knowing with all of who we are. That's the kind of love. And typically that kind of love is really hard to explain. That's why Paul says it a gazillion different ways. That's why everybody who's ever written a song about love has used every metaphor under the sun to try to describe it because you can't just know it. You have to know it. You experience it. And what is it then that you experience? You perceive, what is it? It's the love of God that is wider and longer and higher and deeper than we ever could have imagined. Wider is about inclusion, right? That, that none are outside of the reach of the outstretched arms of Jesus on the cross. If you can think of someone who is beyond the reach of Jesus's love on the cross, then your picture of Jesus's wingspan is too short. It's even wider than that. Longer, longer as in duration. His mercy endures forever. His loving kindness is everlasting. It just keeps going. What you thought of God's love actually is longer than that. It keeps going or higher. His love is as high as the heavens are above the earth. So high is his mercy for those who fear him. Like how high can you get? 
I think right now, I don't know much about science-y stuff, but it's like 13.8 billion light years or something. It's like, that's really high. That's all I know, right? His mercy, his love is higher than that. And it's deeper. It's deeper than the, the gutters and the ditches. Jesus himself died on the cross on Good Friday and on Holy Saturday after he was buried. He descended to the very bottom of hell and found dead humanity and raised them up. There is no place that Jesus won't go to find us. His love is deeper than we ever thought it would be. And Paul says, and you can't even understand it. So when we think of all of the images of God that exist, everything we've ever heard about God, we have to ask ourselves, which one then is in fact the higher, wider, longer, deeper love? And then that's, the image to hold on to. Ephesians 3 makes that the measure. That's how we know what God is like. And this is so good, in fact, that you can't even over-empathize. Empath. Say it. That word. You can't even do that. Like, you can't even make it more than that. It's that infinite. It's that extending. The love of God is, in fact, more than we thought it was. Even right now when we walked in here, maybe believing that this is the most we've ever known God's love, well, it's more than that. And that's good. That's good. And this very love of God, or his goodness, right? That the whole, this is the very thing that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in us. Holy Spirit goodness is always in line with the character of God. And what could be better good news than a love that does in fact extend wider, longer, higher, and deeper than we can understand? Because that's the kind of love that all of us need. And it's the kind of love that everyone else who's not in this room right now needs. And this in fact is the beautiful Gospel. This is the story of Jesus who shows us in fullness what God is like and what God has always been like. God has always been a God whose love is higher and wider and longer and deeper than you could even understand. And there's something about that God that makes us go, ah, but could it be? And I just, as much as this means anything to you coming from me, I want to give you permission to love this God. Love this God whose love is in fact higher, wider, longer, and deeper than you ever thought it was. Trust the intuition of the spirit within you to follow this loving God all the way home, wherever that takes you. Because this is good. To follow the goodness of the spirit the spirit that gifts us the heart of Jesus to love like this God of love. That is the cycle we're joining. And so as we finish our time this morning, it's, it's almost like it's so vast. You get, what do you do with that? Well, I think you sit with it. 
And I think you choose to receive it. And so I wanna give us some time as we finish here this morning, just a few moments to sit and remember and be reminded of a love that is so wide and long and high and deep that you can hardly even fathom it. Receive that love that God has for you. Invite him to allow you to experience it. And then as you begin to experience the love of God and remember the love of God, then invite God to ask you, to challenge you, to show you who you might extend that love to. Spirit-produced love, the goodness of God. And so as you take that time, I'll just let you be still before the Lord and with the Lord, and then I'll close us in a moment by reading Paul's prayer one last time for us. So go ahead and take that time with the Lord now. I'll close this in a minute. As you continue to just sit in this space with God, I'm gonna just take a moment and then like speak over the top of us a little bit. Because there's something with which we've been talking about this, this love of God that is ever pursuing, that is after us, that is wider and higher and longer and deeper than we could have ever thought. That is this picture of a God who's always been after us. And I just wanna, in light of all that we've been even paying attention to with the power of the baptism testimonies, give you space now if maybe this is your time to surrender to that love, to receive it, to turn your life over to it, to take in the sacrificial, radically forgiving love of God that saves us through the person of Jesus. So if that's you this morning, as we pray here in a moment through this prayer that Paul has for us, let let that be your prayer. Join with all of those of us who need the love of God to make us whole. Here's Paul praying. When I think of all of this, he says, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And so today we join him and we pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower us with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in our hearts as we trust in him. Our roots will grow down into God's love and keep us strong. And may we have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May we experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then we will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. God, you are so good. And I pray that we would open up our lives in such a way as to receive your love for us and that our roots would grow down deep, God, into your love. And out of that, would you bear fruit produced by your spirit within us 
so that you might receive all of the glory, God. May we trust in you. May we love you. And may we embody that love in all of our interactions and thoughts about every single person who's ever walked this planet. To you be the glory, God. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.